0: nothing sets a person so much out of the devil's reach as humility. Jonathan Edwards.
1: You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast.
2: And this was night and day different than anything I had ever experienced.
1: I was humbled and even embarrassed. I really felt God knocking on the door.
2: You know, I
0: was an atheist and I thought that Science was the right way, and anything else was just silly. It was just, you know, like fairy tale, really, is what I
3: thought.
1: God had a plan for my life, and I believe when we lose our life is when we find the life that God wants us to have.
0: Hola, shalom, and jambô. I am your hard-working host, Dan Henderson. Thank you so much for listening. As a young Christian, I sort of thought that I would stay on this winning streak forever. God worked out so many problems in my life, removing addictions, giving peace and clarity. But I soon learned the hard way that life on this earth is not heaven. Bad things still happen. We all suffer loss and we just have to deal with it sometimes. I made a page on our website for those that are struggling with loss, specifically the loss of a loved one go ahead and check that out or share that with someone that is on thinktwicetv.com forward slash loss. This episode, we hear Jerry's story. It was a horrible accident and how he learned to trust God through it all. We'll also learn all about Jonathan Edwards and the great awakening, a fire-filled move of God that took the colonial states by storm. Now enough from me, let's get right to it.
3: I remember laying there and I said, I think I'm dying. And my son, he told me later, he said, no, you said you are dying. I was born in Providence, Rhode Island. My father was a World War II veteran, and my mother raised four children while he was at war, and then I came. My early life, I worked as a shine boy, a paper boy, anything to make a few cents. I met my wife in high school, and when the kids were young, we weren't going to church. And we said, well, we should give them some sense of what they can choose later. So we went to um, a small church, and then we went to a Unitarian church, and it had no talk of God. Then we started attending a Presbyterian church, and we came to know Christ through that. Then in June of, uh, actually June 13th of 2013, we had a tornado and some straight line winds here. And um, we had gone out to the street to see an oak tree that was blocking the road. And when we came back into the yard, we had about 20 trees down our cell. My daughter and my wife called the uh, tree service and they couldn't come out for three weeks. It was just too much work. So I decided I have to clean this up because with branches hung up under pressure, and the grandkids wanting to climb through all these fallen trees, I said, I have to take care of it. So I started cleaning it up, and it was going well, and uh, then this particular time, um, Marge said, do you want to have lunch? I said, I have one more tree to take care of, and then I'll come in. And so um, she was next door at my daughter's, and they had gone to the basement, I guess they were doing something down there, So I cut this tree, and it it was leaning and under some pressure. And usually the pressure will bind one way or the other. Well, this particular pressure came. It shot the tree back at me, and I've never seen that. And um, I I didn't see it when it happened. I heard my leg snap. And then um, it was a a staccato fashion, I guess, the tempo. I just would say, help, help. And my son-in-law heard it. He uh, got my daughter and they put tourniquets on and uh, the leg apparently was very bad. And I told them, I said, put my leg up on the tree to get it above my heart. And then I woke up 10 days later. On the third day, they decided to take my hand when I was in a coma. And then um, the 4th of July, they took my leg off. And through this, we began to realize that, you know, God was working in our lives. Initially, after I got hurt, um, someone told me I had PTSD because I would, for the first month and a half or so, see that tree coming at me as soon as I closed my eyes. And I never saw the tree when it came. And so um, then I had periods where I was really concerned about going to bed because the nights were tough. But then I would, uh, I would get up I would read the Bible and I would make notes. I'm loved by God, and he has chosen to have me at this state in my life. I felt more assured in my in my salvation than I had before. I used to question um, and my assurance was there and sometimes it would waver. But afterward, I felt more assured. It, It was it was really amazing. I see things as opportunities as opposed to problems. I believe that in the sense that that tree that got me, God knew when that seed was dropped in the ground and was covered with dirt, that that tree would get big and that someday it would fall. Well, he also knew that that tree would take mom and lake with it. So because of Christ, because of the Holy Spirit, I can function, me being here now, is god's work how can you thank god enough you can't you can't well as i said before we saw god's hand in getting us to salvation the doctors that we would talk and i would tell them this is because of christ and you know that i'm okay and then i'd start crying At times after this i felt that i'm not able to do much or contribute much but he hopefully will use this, I know he'll use it, in a fashion that we never imagined. What are you gonna do without God? Nothing.
1: Want to share your true life story? Let us know. Message us at thinktwicetv.com learn the basics of the faith, download our free mini-book. It includes encouraging testimonies, the five scriptures everyone should know, who is the Holy Spirit, and much more. Get the mini-book free at thinktwicetv.com slash mini-book. Or message us with your address and we'll mail them to you. Ladies and gentlemen, enter the ring with us as we explore the lives of average people who became extraordinary leaders through the power and presence of God. Welcome to Heavyweights of the Faith, brief biographies of great believers who changed the world.
2: Jonathan Edwards, who became one of the most well-known Puritan preachers, began his life in humble beginnings in East Windsor, Connecticut. He was born October 5, 1703, to Timothy and Esther Edwards, He was the only son in a family of 11 children. Both parents were known intellectuals and shaped him from his early childhood days. His father was well-respected as both a teacher and a preacher. His mother was well-educated and had as much of an influence on Jonathan as did his father. He was an intelligent child and used writing as a way to codify his burgeoning philosophies. Young Edwards would often set out on a walk to think. He would generally have a pre-planned subject to ponder, and when he returned home, he would put his thoughts in written form. His early thought processes began to solidify after a reading of Locke's essay on human understanding at the age of 14. Many of the notebooks he wrote in his early life became the basis for his sermons and writings later in life. Though his father was a preacher, Edwards did not experience what he called his conversion experience until later in his life. Still, Alexander V. G. Allen, who published an extensive biography on Edwards, states, Although Edwards came to his intellectual maturity before his religious experience had developed into what he called conversion, yet his intellect was bound from the first to the idea of God. It wasn't until January of 1723 that Edwards dedicated himself to God. Edwards entered Yale College at 13 years of age and graduated three years later. His first position after college was as a preacher of the New York Presbyterian Church that began in 1721 and lasted just eight months. He then held a two-year tutorship at Yale between the years of 1724 and 1726. In 1727, Edwards married Sarah Parapont, who he met when he was just 13 years old. Her strong Christian faith was one of the main aspects that attracted Edwards. Sarah and Jonathan had many children and Sarah was adept at managing the household and the children. Upon the death of Solomon's daughter, Edwards became full-time pastor at the First Church of Northampton. It was here that his sermons began to stir the fires of revival in his church. Early on in his career as a preacher, Edwards wrote detailed sermons to present to his congregation. As his studying and working progressed, he moved to using detailed notes and outlines. This practice allowed him to inject great passion into his sermons. Perhaps Edward's greatest contribution to history was his part in the Great Awakening. The 1700s ushered in a great time of revival in American churches. With sermons such as Justification by Faith, he exhorted his congregation to repent of their sins and recognize their need for a savior. Revival that began at Northampton soon spread to all of the New England area. Edwards and fellow preacher George Whitfield traveled the area preaching and winning converts. This revival and awakening was unlike any seen in the country or abroad. Hundreds came to repentance and saving faith during the 1700s. Edwards was prolific during his preaching years and his mastery of prose left Christians with lasting lessons of faith in the sermons he published. One of his hallmark works, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, was written in 1741. He talks of God holding sinners over the pit of hell much as one holds a spider or some loathsome insect over the fire, not one to shy away from the tough topics his preaching and writing tackled the sovereignty of God, the Trinity, and free will along with the need for repentance and a savior. Edward's plan to retire in the pastorate at Northampton Church came crashing down on him in 1750. On June 22, 1750, he was dismissed from his position and an almost unanimous vote by his congregation. The reluctance to allow him to continue preaching in any capacity was evident when he was barred from ever preaching again in the area. Shortly after his dismissal, he received an invitation to join the church at Stockbridge. He accepted and went back to the pulpit. In Stockbridge, he ministered not only to white parishioners, but also to a large body of Native American worshipers. The years at Stockbridge were somewhat more leisurely than the years at Northampton, and he had much time to devote to his writing again. It was during this time that he finished Freedom of the Will. In 1757, he was asked to become the president of Princeton, but passed away after reaction to a smallpox shot on March 22 of 1758. He was 53 years old.
1: Thank you to Compelling Truth for the use of their written biographies. Please visit CompellingTruth.org for more information.
0: The Great Awakening unofficially ran from the 1720s to the 1760s. This miraculous move of God swept the nation and caused the worldly, wealthy colonists to repent and fall on their faces in churches all over the states. Jonathan Edwards, although a plain-spoken and humble man, was used as a catalyst for this true reverence and repentance, it spread like wildfire. It's greatly believed that this early move of God helped set the stage for God's blessing of the birth of American independence. As our country became united under the popular saying, No king, but King Jesus. Hey, if you've enjoyed the heavyweights of faith, stop by our page at thinktwicetv.com forward slash bios. There, you can listen to these awesome biographies individually and share them with other people. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Before I go, I wanted to leave you with this verse. This is from Psalm 28.7. The Lord is my strength and shield. My heart trusts in Him and I am helped.